Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, is it time to put the dreaded masks back on again? Why local health officials are concerned about a sudden spike in the number of COVID cases and other respiratory illnesses. We'll speak with Dr. Bill Coe's Blanchard Valley Health System. Also this morning, practicing mindfulness in the midst of seasonal chaos. The prescription for a happy holiday from the Hancock County OSU Extension's Live Healthy, Live Well initiative. And what captured our attention and piqued our interest in 2022? Google is out with their annual year in search lists. We'll take a closer look. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, December 19th, 2022. Have you got your shopping done yet? Six shopping days until Christmas. So the uh, folks at uh, Financial Buzz, uh, the uh, website Financial Buzz, analyzed uh, more than two dozen metrics across multiple categories to come up with a list of the most and least grinchiest cities in America. Uh, They had, had 50 cities in total on the list, and New York City is at the top as the least, uh, the city with the least Christmas cheer, the grinchiest city of all. Among other things, the Big Apple has the lowest rates, uh, the lowest number of holiday decoration shops. They have the fewest Christmas tree lots. They have the fewest gift shops, which that surprises me. New York City, the fewest gift shops, really? Um, I mean, I guess it's per capita, but still. And uh, the least number of food banks per capita, which I thought was kind of interesting. So uh, New York City, the least some of the uh, data, they broke the uh, they broke the data down into multiple categories, communal celebrations and decor, the number of holiday events and festivals, the number of ice skating rinks, the number of holiday decoration shops and the number of Christmas tree farms or Christmas tree lots per 100,000 people. Uh, the second category was holiday shopping, the number of holiday markets, toy stores, gift shops, department stores, and the number of shopping centers and malls per 100,000 people. Uh, the uh, Holiday cheer, the Google Trends score for cheerful searches over the past five years, things like Christmas lights, Christmas party, Christmas festival, that kind of thing. And uh, then they juxtapose that. Uh, with a category called Holiday Jeer, the Google Trends score for anti-Christmas things over the past five years, things like Bah Humbug and I Hate Christmas. Um, And then they had a uh, catch-all category called Holiday Season of Giving, the number of food banks, the number of homeless shelters per 100,000 people, the percentage of the population that volunteers annually, and the percentage of the population that donates at least $25 to charity. And when they crunched all the numbers, uh, New York City came in at the top as the grinchiest city in America. And uh, interesting, the rest of the top 10, L.A., San Antonio, Texas, Chicago, Memphis, number five. Again, these are the grinchiest cities in America, the least Christmas cheer. Phoenix, Dallas, Columbus, Ohio came in at number eight on the list of the grinchiest cities in the country. Oklahoma City and Houston rounding out the top 10. Conversely, the least grinchy cities in America, those with the most Christmas cheer, at least among the 50 that they had on their list, 
Hartford, Connecticut was the least grinchiest city in the nation. Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Orlando, Florida, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the bottom five on the list, and the rest of the bottom ten, or the least grinchiest cities, Riverside, California, Atlanta, Georgia, Salt Lake City, Baltimore, and Cincinnati was uh, 41st out of 50, so in the 10 least Grinchiest cities in America. So Columbus in the top 10, Cincinnati in the least 10. So make of that what you will. Bah humbug to you too. We head into this last week of Christmas. Um, so have you, uh, have you finished your Christmas shopping? Did you get everything uh, bought and paid for, or at least bought, if not paid for at this point? Because I know a lot of folks are you know, putting their gifts on the plastic and all of that. Uh, this may be a warning sign about a struggling economy after the holiday. A growing number of consumers are falling behind on their car payments. And it is a trend that financial analysts believe will continue. Uh, will continue to get worse. According to a report from NBC News, the average monthly car payment for a new car is up to $718 a month. Wow, $718 a month. My first house cost $718 a month. Um, that is a 26% increase in the cost of car payments since 2019, and nearly one in six new car buyers is spending more than $1,000 a month. On their vehicles. The number of repossession companies has gone down by 30% as many firms closed up shop and the workers found jobs in other industries when repossessions tumbled uh, in 2020. However, now a growing number of consumers are falling behind on their car payments, and probably one of the reasons why it's so darned expensive. I mean, seven. $18 on average, uh, the uh, cost of a new car payment. That is just crazy. But uh, anyway, uh, just as he uh, just serves as a reminder, don't go overboard on Christmas to the point where you can't pay all of the rest of your bills. That is not a good thing. Uh, here's a way of maybe getting some extra cash. If you have purchased K-Cup pods for your curing sometime in the past six years, you could be eligible for a payout thanks to a big $10 million class action lawsuit. The settlement comes after lawyers argue, argued that the foil tops of the K-cups are not recyclable. <laughs> the foil tops are not recyclable. Now, many landfills and distribution centers will not accept the material. And... Apparently, this is worth $10 million to someone. They convinced the court to settle this uh, class action lawsuit. Uh, so if you meet the requirements, which basically is if you have uh, purchased K-Cups in the past six years, you need to file a claim within a month, and uh, you could be in for a payout. I don't know how much. It's probably a dollar or two. But uh, somebody's getting rich uh, off of this. That's for sure. Foil tops are not recyclable. 
10 million dollars. <sighs> Make of that what you will. I just I just reported. I just put that out there. Um this is kind of interesting. Uh it, it has to do with our uh, cover story this morning which is Coming up here a little bit later on in the program, we mentioned uh, local health officials becoming very concerned about a sudden spike in the number of COVID cases. And we're not alone. We're seeing this across the country. And so we kind of wonder out loud, does that mean they're going to start telling us we need to put our masks back on again? If you wear eyeglasses, as I do, you know that you are part of a uh, very select club that experiences a particular annoyance whenever we have to don a face mask or really whenever the weather gets cold. Uh, this happens, especially if it's cold outside, you step inside and your glasses fog over. Happens when you're wearing a face mask, too. Um, that was one of the big, big stories during the pandemic is if you wear glasses and, you know, your glasses will fog over while you're wearing a face mask. Uh, scientists out of Switzerland are very excited about what they say could be a solution to this annoying issue. It is a super thin coating of gold sandwiched between two layers of titanium oxide and then applied to the surface of the lenses of your glasses. Gizmodo reports on the science behind the fogging up phenomenon, explaining that when moisture from humid air... Uh, makes contact with the colder surface of your spectacles, you get condensation and thus the fogging over. And apparently this uh, fixes the problem. I'm thinking they're only about a year and a half late on the uh, whole mask thing. <laughs> but but then again, maybe not, because uh, we may have to uh, put those back on again. Maybe. maybe. Anyway. That would certainly be big news, though. And a couple of other uh, items among the first things you need to know as we get your Monday morning started. Speaking of protecting ourselves from viruses of all kinds, scientists in Spain have created the first antimicrobial lipstick. The world's first antimicrobial lipstick. The secret ingredient, they say, is cranberry extract, which is added to a rich foundational base. The new product that adds beauty while minimizing germs comes at a time when lots of people are worried about the uh, return of COVID-19, other respiratory infections, the holidays right around the corner and all of that. The first antimicrobial lipstick. There we go. At least all of the women will be safe. I don't know about us, guys, but women will be safe. And uh, what else is going on? I guess, uh, actually, I guess that's it. That was the only other thing that I had. <laughs> I thought I had something else, but I apparently do not. Uh, anyway, there you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny today with a high of 31, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 25. The organization Best Christmas Ever surprised four Finley families with a custom and unique Best Christmas Ever over the weekend. We spoke with Jacqueline Pessel of Best Christmas Ever after one of the surprises. She says Stephanie Schnipke lost her husband Neil to cancer over the summer and is now raising four kids on her own. 
you can't put yourself in their position. You don't know what that's like losing your spouse. You know, how do you sometimes pick yourself up and celebrate Christmas for your kids and decorate a tree? And, you know, that's kind of what we're here for, just to bring some light and some joy. She says the family will be receiving a washer and dryer and a new roof on their house, among other things. See video of community members surprising the family on our website. Finley Mayor Christina Mearns says although the 2023 proposed general fund budget does have a deficit projection, she's confident that their team will continue to manage operations throughout the year to ensure that a strong cash position is maintained. You know, when we see chemical prices are up, fuel prices are up, supply costs are up, um, the fact that we, with all of those factors, we're still only a 9% increase year over year, I think is something to be really proud of. The city recently held its 2023 budget hearings, and you can watch those hearings and see the full city budget on our website. More of a product that was in critically short supply earlier this year will soon be made in Northwest Ohio. Abbott is announcing plans to build a new baby formula plant in Ohio. The site is in Bowling Green. Now the facility will produce specialty and powder formula, including products for infants with dietary conditions and food allergies. This project is expected to create 450 new jobs. It could be done by 2026. I'm Brittany Bailey. A lot of people came out over the weekend to help out with the Wreaths Across America event at area cemeteries. The Finley event was held at Maple Grove Cemetery. During this year's event, volunteers placed wreaths at the graves of 1,500 veterans at Maple Grove Cemetery, which is an increase of 300 from the previous two years. An additional 300 wreaths were also placed at the graves of veterans at nearby St. Michael Cemetery. Learn more about Wreaths Across America Day and see video from the Finley event on our website. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, now to our cover story this morning. And the question, is it time to put those dreaded masks back on again? Local health officials are concerned about a sudden spike we have seen in the number of COVID cases and other respiratory illnesses. And Dr. Bill Coe's Blanchard Valley Health System is with us uh, this morning. First of all, it's probably important uh, to point out that this is not necessarily unique to our area. We've seen a, a big spike uh, nationally, many areas uh, around the country. So it is not a, an issue that is specific to Hancock County or Northwest Ohio even. No, uh, for sure. There was an expectation that we would see more influenza for sure. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, because of a couple of things. One, we haven't had an outbreak. And then secondly, with everybody getting back together, uh, the immunity would be down. And that is what is being seen here and it's being seen across the country. So it is not necessarily a new variant or uh, anything that we did not expect. No, it, it appears that uh, the influenzas, influenza A and the vaccine or the, <clears throat> the flu shot that's been given uh, has pretty good protection of what's going on. Although natural immunity is not there and that's part of the reason i think that we're seeing more cases yeah you mentioned the natural immunity and that has to do with the fact that we haven't had an outbreak for a while we've had a couple three years of so our antibodies that we have naturally in our system if we're exposed to something stay up Uh, the covid because of giving it every six months or four months the antibodies have not stayed as long influenza is felt to be good for about six months and that so that's why we give the flu shot in october that we think that'll get you through the influenza season into the first part of april and then as people are outside 
ventilation is better, right. the proximity, you don't see as much during the summer. We often uh, talk about that with respect to uh, flu, uh, right. is that because we're closed in, we're closer to uh, to more people, and we're, as you said, not outside as, as much, uh, that is always a concern. So the bottom line then is, again, pushing vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Right. So- the, the important things are, and, and that, that's what we want to talk to your listeners about, is that uh, the common things that just make good sense. Washing your hands so that you're not uh, if, uh, from sputum and things like that, passing it on, being vaccinated, um, covering when you sneeze or when you cough. I don't think society's ready to go back for masking. I think it's we're still masking in the hospital, but then we're healthcare. We had <clears throat> because of the increase, uh, we went back to using masks throughout the uh, the hospital, not just in patient rooms. So when we're in clinical areas, we're wearing masks. Uh, we're reducing the number of meetings that we have with a lot of people trying to social distance. But in general, uh, it's those those things. And I think I think the ventilation is a big deal. If most people, what's cold out now, that you're not going to leave a window open. But mm-hmm. trying to be in places where there's bigger rooms, and that you can spread out uh, reduces the chances of getting an infection. Well, that uh, you're touching on uh, really brings up the uh, uh, the question, as we mentioned, and we kind of uh, half-jokingly mentioned it because I heard a report, uh, I think over the weekend, uh, schools in the city of Philadelphia re-implementing a mask mandate once the kids come back from holiday break for a couple of weeks at least. Uh, other <laughs> Schools are not waiting as long in some other parts of the area. They're implementing this now. Uh, so how does how do you measure that um, that threshold of right. you know the recommendation to put the masks back on, especially knowing that you're probably going to face some pushback on that? Yes. Um, so we we try to well we do use objective criteria. I guess people could debate those. So how many cases are you seeing new? What's your rate of uh, when you test of turning positive and then what's in general going on as far as the sickness of the individuals. One of the things that, that right now I'm much, I don't want to say, well, I am much more concerned about is influenza. Uh, we're seeing uh, children with COVID, we're seeing adults with COVID, and there's still the long COVID, which makes it uh, different. But influenza is a mean disease. I was talking to a pediatrician this morning, and she said that that's what they're seeing in the office, uh, way more cases of influenza. Uh, We recommend vaccines for everyone. Usually, I would say the vaccination rate is somewhere around 50%, and this year it's lower than that. Uh, Again, guessing maybe 30% or so. That's the, the whole issue of what we've talked about for the last few years about vaccines in general. People Mm -hmm. are not maybe as interested in getting vaccines but even if you have had the vaccine you can get it you don't you don't get it as much yeah but influenza is a bad disease yeah and so that is actually the um the greater concern right uh, which uh might be a, a bit surprising uh again 
given what we've been through the past couple of years, you would think whenever we talk about this, we're talking about COVID, but not necessarily. I mean, that's a component of it, but uh, the the flu even uh, is a greater concern. And I know uh, earlier in the season, there was a concern, particularly among young people, about RSV. Have we seen that uh, kind of RSV as well? has leveled off. Okay. We are still seeing cases. Part of our problem now is we don't have a lot of testing ability. We're just running out of swabs mm. uh, to be able to tell what it is. Uh, influenza, they look really sick. The thing about influenza is if you get it with, catch it within, let's say the fever starting within 48 hours, the Tamiflu is effective. If you can find Tamiflu Again, talking and a lot of the pharmacies are out of it. And so <clears throat> kind of a vicious cycle about what, what can happen. Now, you were kind of touching on this uh, earlier that uh, you've gone back to uh, enhanced uh, prevention measures or mitigation measures within the hospital. Uh, Are the visitation guidelines uh, being adjusted as well? Visitations are the same. We would encourage somewhere to wear a mask, but as far as visitation hours, what we're doing, we have not made any changes to it. Now, we assume and, and are asking people if they have any kind of infection that they not come in, but that's not any different than it were summer COVID or whatever. You don't want to give something to somebody in the hospital. And how much of this concern is amplified because we are coming up on the holidays, the Christmas being a week away and and new year's right after that. I mean, this is a time as you were alluding to a lot of people are gathering. Yes. And that's the concern because you've got all three of these diseases. It used to be, well, if we could get to Christmas, everybody would be off, even though they got together, there'd be a hiatus and then you could get back to school. So we are concerned. I think what we're seeing the last week or so is the aftermath of uh, Thanksgiving of a lot of people Mm. getting together. So We'll have to see, but at least people will be separated for the next couple of weeks or so. That's a good point. Uh, so again, the bottom line is we're seeing a, an increased uh, number of cases of respiratory illnesses of all kinds, whether we're talking COVID, the flu, RSV, all of that. Uh, and it's time to take this seriously is the bottom line message. Yeah, I think one of the, the messages would be it, it, it just seems like in society in general, a lot of my friends or if you talk to people, well, I tested negative for COVID, so I must be okay. There's worse things than COVID that you can get. And if somebody really looks sick or you can't breathe or are having troubles, you need to be checked because these viruses can lead to getting a bacterial pneumonia. That's what people died of back in 1918 Mm. to get a staff or something else and that can be lethal uh also want to ask you on a on a separate note uh this with respect to your role with hancock public health it was announced uh last week a concern over an increase in the number of overdose cases uh here locally yes um that's something that we're looking at at a community level all of the interaction between addiction of whatever it is, opioids for sure, um, the fentanyl problem of deaths, um, alcoholism related to behavioral health, mental health, incarceration. We're going to make a big attempt to get uh, leaders of the community together to see if we can't come up with a community with a community plan of how we attack it. It's 
it's really difficult and it involves a lot of people, but that that's a, that's that's our goal for twenty three. That really getting to be uh, crisis levels. It what well, it certainly is, and it's affecting families. And then you've got the burnout, the post COVID. There's lots of reasons we mm-hmm. need to come up with some uh, additional things. If a lot of people trying, a lot of people doing things. We maybe need to coordinate a little bit more and put resources in certain things. A lot of uh, health topics to uh, talk about this morning, but again, uh, the uh, big message, especially with the uh, holiday season coming up, is to uh, take this seriously with respect to the uh, respiratory illnesses, COVID, uh, the flu, RSV, all of that. Again, uh, Dr. Bill Coase, Blanchard Valley Health System, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you for having me here, Chris. Well, our apologies. We had uh, planned to speak with Jennifer Little, Family and Consumer Sciences Educator at the Hancock County OSU Extension Office about their uh, Live Healthy, Live Well initiative and that message that we could all stand to hear, I think, on this final week before Christmas on practicing mindfulness in the midst of seasonal chaos. Just the idea of taking a moment to take a deep breath, step back, and remember the reason for the season, the reason we uh, have so much joy associated with the season. It gets kind of lost sometimes, especially in this final week uh, before the holiday where everything is gets so compressed. I mean, those deadlines are coming up. Uh, for crossing everybody off your Christmas list, and you've got all of the uh, big family gatherings you got to plan for, and and all of that, the stress level re- really starts to amp up. So, a uh, message of trying to stand back and uh, practice mindfulness. Again, it's really uh, goes back to the Live Healthy, Live Well initiative from Hancock County OSU Extension, from the OSU Extension in uh, general. They have a Live Healthy, Live Well blog, which we have linked up at our webpage at uh, goodmornings.net. And there are a number of tips on cultivating gratitude on a regular basis from that blog, which uh, I, I think are, are pertinent to the holiday season and if we can maybe step back and do one or two of these at some point uh, over the coming week i think it'll probably put us in a better frame of mind once christmas actually gets here and we remember uh, what it's supposed to be all about they say keep a gratitude journal there is no right way or wrong way to do this uh just things write down uh some of the things that you are thankful for, that you are grateful for, uh, write about them uh, as a as a story, or just list them out. Just some way of getting them down so you can uh, really mindfully think about those things that you are thankful for, especially this time of years. Write letters and thank you notes. Express your gratitude to others uh, by being an active participant in your happiness. Uh, you can recapture some of the goodness and joy of the season. Thank someone mentally, even if you don't have the time to write a personal note or a thank you, uh, th- you know, thank you card or or what have you. Just in your own mind, even thanking someone mentally can help uh, change that uh, mindset to one of gratefulness and maintain the pattern on reflecting the positive impacts on your life uh, practice mindfulness monitor your ongoing experience to make you yourself feel happier by helping you slow down to appreciate things 
or notice more of the happy things that are going on around you. Practicing mindfulness this time of year can help. And of course, that old adage, count your blessings. If you spend just a few minutes each and every day listing all of the blessings that you have encountered for that day, uh, and then expanding on that and the things that you are uh, thankful for, the blessings that you enjoy in your lives, cultivating this state of appreciation creates the habit of focusing on what you have rather than what you do not have. And again, at this time of year, uh, that can be very uh, powerful stuff as well. So some things that uh, we can do in order to uh, practice mindfulness in the midst of seasonal chaos. Again, we've got the uh, link up to the Hancock County OSU Extension's Live Healthy, Live Well initiative and their blog at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Very powerful stuff in this final week before Christmas. 20 years of good mornings on WFIN. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. I don't know, we're into Hanukkah now, the uh, Jewish Festival of Lights, and I don't know, is this a really cool thing, or is this sort of... um, not as dignified as it should be for the uh, solemnity of the uh, Hanukkah uh, observance. The world's largest Lego menorah (laughs) is uh, found a home in a Lego store in Israel. Uh, Menorahs, of course, are uh, lit every day uh, during the eight crazy days, eight crazy nights. Of Hanukkah, the record-breaking honor for the world's largest menorah. Well, I guess this is the largest menorah, Lego or otherwise. Uh, the record-breaking honor was bestowed on this culturally significant Lego construction <laughs> after hundreds of kids and families used 136,000 bricks to build the Hanukkah centerpiece. I don't have the exact dimensions. All it says here is that it is the World's largest menorah made entirely out of Legos. No, is that, uh, I mean, on the one hand, it's cool, but I wonder, again, is it, uh, I don't want to say disrespectful. It is in Israel, so I guess they're okay with it. It seems a little odd. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What else is going on in the uh, broken news uh, today? The Pentagon. The Pentagon says it's a UFO investigation has not yielded any evidence that Earth has been visited by extraterrestrials. (laughs) Uh, Senior military leaders said on Friday their UFO probe has led to hundreds of new reports of unidentified flying objects, but so far they haven't seen anything that indicates intelligent alien life. The director of the Pentagon's Anomaly Resolution Office... Uh, what a title. How would you how would you like to be in charge of the Pentagon's anomaly resolution office? <laughs> would that would that be a joke around uh among your peers? I mean, he's the head of the anomaly resolution office. Anyway, the director 
of uh, said office at the Pentagon says that they haven't ruled out the possibility that there might be intelligent life out there or even that alien life may have visited Earth. And they will follow the data wherever it goes. But to this point, no evidence that the Earth has been visited by extraterrestrials. <laughs> uh, I guess the only question then is, do you believe the Pentagon? Or are they hiding something? The truth is out there. Somewhere. <laughs> Here's a uh, holiday story out of uh, Columbia County, Georgia. A now former teacher will have to hang up his Santa suit this year after he reportedly touched a student in an inappropriate manner. School officials at Evans High School say 65-year-old Gregory Brooks faces two counts after he allegedly slapped a female student's hindquarters when she tried to snatch some candy from his desk. He says it was all... In playful fun, but you can't play that way these days. Mr. Brooks, who has served as Santa Claus at, uh, at uh, during multiple Christmas seasons uh, there in the area, is no longer employed by the district. They fired Santa! Because Santa was getting a little handsy. A student, not a good thing. Man. This is another uh, story. You might have heard of, heard this uh, over the weekend. I saw the uh, story, the TSA, and this just left me shaking my head. The TSA reports that they have intercepted a record number of firearms at security airport security checkpoints this year. A record number of firearms at airport security checkpoints. In a... Friday press release, the agency said it had recovered over 6,300 weapons, of which 88% were loaded. It is the first time the figure has surpassed 6,000, with predictions that it will rise to as many as 6,600 weapons intercepted by the end of next year. The uh, TSA prohibits firearms and carry-on luggage, even if the passenger has, has a concealed weapon permit. You can't take it on a plane. I, I, it just boggles my mind that there are 6,300 people who don't know this. I mean, this, this is not a new rule. I, it just boggles my mind that there are so many people who try to uh, get weapons, many of them loaded, past airport security. It just... Uh, punishment for attempting to bring a firearm through a security checkpoint can result in just attempting to bring a firearm through a security checkpoint can land you a $15,000 fine and even a felony arrest. Just the attempt. I just, it boggles my mind that uh, this number of people apparently don't know that you can't take a weapon In your carry-on, the number of firearms seized at checkpoints has increased over the past decade. Uh, The only exception to this trend was when travel was restricted due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But who does not know this? Who does not know this? So, uh, again, because this is a big travel week, I guess we'll, we'll put that reminder out there once again. Don't take your gun with you on the plane. 
Can't do that. And uh, finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, (laughs) one college student in Gainesville, Florida, is learning from the School of Hard Knocks after getting popped for naked trespassing. (laughs) 19-year-old Alberto Araya is behind bars after slipping into an apartment that did not belong to him. Security footage taken before the break-in shows Mr. Araya wearing green shorts as he goes to town on a sign in the parking lot that he damaged and then broke into a couple's apartment. Police did not elaborate on whether he relieved himself of his clothes before or after the break-in, but the bottom line is he was naked in someone else's apartment. The couple arrived at their place soon after and found the 19-year-old standing stark naked there in their, in their living room. <laughs> Instead of confronting the naked intruder, they fled and called police. The suspect left about 15 minutes, minutes later, but not before causing significant damage to the property. When police finally caught up with Mr. Araya, he told police he thought his wife was in the apartment, but he was unable to identify which of the homeowners was his significant other. (laughs) Police later found out that he's not married. (laughs) So that that, uh, puts uh, all kinds of holes in that story. (laughs) Maybe you should have just been studying for finals instead. I don't know. That's uh, crazy. There you go. (laughs) The... Odd and unusual uh, side of the news. Today's broken news headlines uh, brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We mentioned it a little bit earlier, 160, nearly 160 million people were shopping this past weekend, especially on Super Saturday, both in-store and online. Have you finally finished off your Christmas shopping list? Kind of interesting, there were so many people that were out shopping this weekend, finishing up their, you know, crossing all those last names off of their list because one-third of Americans say they start planning their holiday gifts at least two months in advance. This is according to a new survey of 2,000 Americans who are giving gifts this holiday season, and I guess not everybody is, but these are 2,000 Americans who are giving gifts This uh, holiday season, they uh, balanced it out by age, gender, region of the country. The average respondent say they start planning their gifts about six weeks before the holiday. Uh, About six weeks before the holiday season even starts, they're starting to plan this. Their wheels are turning. That doesn't necessarily mean that's when they're actually shopping. Case in point, 160 million people out over the final full weekend before 
the Christmas holiday, but you start thinking about it six weeks before the holiday season starts. Uh, And the reason why is because one-third of the respondents, one of the main reasons why, one-third of the respondents say they feel more pressure to find the perfect gift for family members, more so than friends, as family members are the toughest. Uh, This survey conducted by one poll on behalf of Minted finds that the average respondent has received the perfect gift four times in their life. Four times. They can recall getting the perfect gift. You unwrap it and say, this is exactly what I wanted or exactly what I need. The perfect gift. And uh, also in the survey, the average person believes they have given someone else the perfect gift. They have been on the giving end of the perfect gift five times in their life. Let me tell you, there is nothing better that for my money, there is nothing better than knowing that you have given someone the perfect gift, that you have found the perfect gift and uh, seeing their reaction when they uh, open up that gift on Christmas morning. Almost three quarters of respondents, 73%, say that they can tell immediately whether or not someone likes their gift as soon as they open it. From that very moment where they unwrap the gift, they know immediately Uh, that they have found the perfect gift. No better feeling in the world. So, are you done? Have you gotten all of your uh, Christmas shopping done for uh, for the season here a few days out? Hopefully, you will have one of those perfect gift moments uh, of your own this holiday season, both on the receiving and the giving end. So, this is... Always the time when we like to reflect on the year gone by, and who better to know what captured our attention and piqued our interest in 2022 than the folks at Google. They are out with their year-in-search lists, and joining us is Google tech expert Sarah Armstrong. So, Sarah, first off, a quick note about the way these lists are compiled. These are not necessarily the top searches or the most searched terms. These are the top trending searches. Explain the difference, because I think for some people, that may seem like a very subtle distinction. Right. You make a good point. These are the top trending searches. So it's those searches that had the biggest increase from 2021 to 2022. There's some searches that are always popular. They wouldn't give us such a good look at the specific year. But when we look at the change from year to year, it really helps us see what was unique about 2022. And by the way, these lists are for the top uh, trending queries just in the U.S. So what are some of the highlights? What kind of jumped out at you? So when we look at those top trending searches overall, the number one was Wordle, that five letter word game that became so popular. And that was followed by election results and then Betty White. Uh, So those are kind of the overall uh, searches. You also break it down into various categories. Again, some maybe are more surprising than others. Uh, For example, in the news uh, category, uh, I think probably people could, could guess what some of the top ones are. 
Yes. So election results again, that makes the top of news. Queen Elizabeth's passing, that was number two. And then number three was Ukraine. In Ukraine, of course, we see search interest across the board. Something I found interesting here is in how to help. First of all, that phrase hit an all time high this year, how to help, how to help Ukraine being the top there. But even in cuisine, Ukrainian cuisine was the top trending cuisine this year. So lots of folks interested in Ukrainian culture as well. That is interesting. I was going to ask, what what were some of the things that maybe surprised you or that you didn't expect? There's lots of searches that we look at, not just in these trending lists, but some of the all-time high searches. So these are topics that have never seen this much search interest before. Something in the jobs category that I found interesting was work-life balance hit an all-time high in search interest, but so did side hustle. So some folks trying to work a lot more this year, other folks trying to set those boundaries. Very interesting stuff. And of course, uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting uh, with uh, uh, sports. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were uh, right up there. Of course, they were in the Super Bowl this past year. I'm a big Bengals fan, so of course that jumped out at me. But I would imagine that in most years, that's probably not a really <laughs> huge search. So uh, some definitely reflecting uh, the the year this year in particular. Definitely. And and that helps to see what was so unique about 2022. I love to see Cincinnati in there. Philadelphia Phillies tops the list. Uh, my home state of California, the Golden State Warriors made it at number three. So I was happy to see that. Yeah, well. I, I'm guessing that they've been uh, up there in years past, though. So, <laughs> so they definitely have. I mean, so sometimes when a team is really popular like that year to year, I'm mm-hmm. sort of surprised to well, see the list that it had that big of an increase. Again, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, the way these lists are compiled, uh, given the increase in trends uh, one year to the next. Were there any uh, on there uh, in any of these lists where you said, oh, gee, I forgot about that, you know? Well, I would say the movie song, that entertainment category, maybe I didn't totally forget because that song is stuck in my head a lot, but Encanto really topped the list there, both on the movie side and in songs. So that song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, that's very catchy. That was number one in songs, and it actually hit the list three times there were uh, a couple of surprises kind of in pop culture things uh when i looked at the at the movies uh top gun maverick huge huge hit but actually only number three behind Encanto and the and the thor movie from earlier this year I know. I was actually expecting top gun to be number one it does fall in at number three number four is the Batman, and then number five, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I actually just saw last week and really enjoyed. Well, there's a, another thing, again, with some of these uh, pop culture uh, stuff like the movies and and even the songs and so on. You can go back and say, hmm, I'm not familiar with that, and maybe uh, catch up on some of uh, what you missed from the uh, past year. Absolutely. So, uh, again, these are all broken down uh, from... Uh, news, arts, sports, uh, just general pop culture things. By the way, uh, this was kind of interesting with the uh, World Cup. The uh, number one on the how to pronounce list was Qatar. And I... I definitely was, I contributed to that. I will just say that. I I contributed to myself. I 
I absolutely did. I then contributed again before this interview to make sure I was getting it right. We have this fun <laughs> feature. If you go to Google search, you can look up a word and how to pronounce it. And you can actually practice with the mic. So you'll say it into your phone or computer and it'll give you feedback on how close you are to the pronunciation. So if folks want to kind of dig into uh, all of this data, and again, we're just hitting some of the highlights, some of the things that kind of stood out to me, but it's uh, really pretty all encompassing. Uh, where do we find that? You can go to yearinsearch.google slash trends. And we're talking about the U.S. list today, but you can also check out the global list and other countries on that site. Again, uh, Google tech expert Sarah Armstrong with us this morning talking about the year in search, uh, kind of reflecting on what captured our interest and uh, uh, grabbed our attention in 2022. Sarah, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, images from the war in Ukraine, of course, dominated the news this year. And there is a way that you can personally help ease the suffering of those caught in the crossfire. We'll tell you how. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.